Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael speaks on equipping and empowering people during the first week of Vision Month. Hello. That was great. That was great. I don't know what the... I thought that was the crash for a minute, and I was like, why are you banging that crash so hard? I was just confused. I hope everybody's okay with your in-ears. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's bad out here. Just imagine if you had it blasting in your ears. That's real bad. Um, thank you, guys. Good to see everybody. 11 o'clock, obviously, um, you probably are aware by the lack of parking when you arrived that first service went long, (laughs) and they weren't out of here in time for you to come in, and uh, I'm sorry about that, so let's try not to do the same. Um. What is it if you make a mistake? It's one thing if you make the same mistake again. What? I don't know what that means. Yeah. You're insane or something? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like Oh. Do the same thing expecting a different result. So let's don't do the same thing. Let's get down to business. All right. Let's get started. Today is vision. Today is a day. Today is Sunday. <laughs> but it's the first Sunday in an abbreviated Vision Month. And so today and next Sunday, we will have Vision Month, but it will be two Sundays, okay? Um, We do this twice a year in January and in August. And the reason why we do that is we would like to stay fresh. We would like to... Um, have people serving that are f- enjoying serving and want to serve where they're serving. We want you guys to have new opportunities to connect and reiterate life groups and all those things. So we do everything in like a two-semester cycle. And uh, I told them in first service, I was raised in church. And see, Isaac is in the sound booth right now. Look at him, strapping young man. And what normally happens in church is he enters the sound booth like that, and 50 years from now, (laughs) let's go longer, 75 years from now, um, you go back there, and it's just skeleton, it's a skeleton back there, and he's died in there, and no one ever went in and removed the body in it. Um, we forgot he even goes to church here because he's just back there all the time, right? Sometimes you just get lost in uh, the same things, and people don't want to um, engage in any area of ministry because they're afraid that they're like doing a blood covenant for the rest of their life. So everything is done in two semesters. Um, So that is the purpose of that, to keep everyone fresh and no one is locked in. And also, um, we really want to accomplish something as a body, not just hang out. So we uh, think having a vision is important. We think communicating the vision is important. And so Habakkuk says, write the vision in big block letters so you can see it on the run. And if the vision is so convoluted and so abstract and so unable to make sense of it, then it's very difficult to do. You have to stop what you're doing. You have to put on your bifocals. You have to read it. You have to try to understand it. And by the time you do all of that, the opportunity to do it has passed, right? So we want to make it simple. We want to make it clear so that we can accomplish it. And we want to stop all that we're doing and recalibrate back to what are we doing? 
And so we want to do that twice a year. And so um, we do that. So today, next Sunday, we will uh, be having Vision Month. So I have an assignment today, and I'm going to try to stay on task with that assignment better than I did in first service. So it's Vision Month, and let's just jump in. You see at the bottom of this, uh, love God, love people, live truth. That is our vision and our mission. Uh, nope, I'm not going to do that. See, I just saved y'all 20 minutes right there. <laughs> just whatever. There it is. And, uh, and only four people probably would even understand what I'm saying, not because of an intellect. It's just like ministry training. And how many people have had ministry training about vision and mission, okay? So, see, it would only be for a handful of y'all. So, we don't need to get down into that. The fact that I don't really care if they're different. It's just what it is. It's the vision and the mission, okay? And so, love God, love people, live truth, and uh, we do it where you can follow it real good. Everybody, let's do it together. Where is it? It's right here. It's coming there. Love God, love people, live truth. Love God, love people, live truth. This is worship, okay? This is holding hands. This is studying truth, knowing truth, living truth, applying truth being truth, all of those things. That is our vision. We facilitate those in many different ways. Uh, love God. Uh, we believe that our love and our passion for God is directly proportionate to our revelation of his love and passion for us. So when, as a core element of our vision, we don't go around and hit people with sticks and tell them that they need to love God more. You need to love God more. You need to love God more. You need to love God more. Uh, you can't. You can't love God more. You need to know God loves you more. You need to have that revelation. And then, in turn, you will love him more. And so we really want to, really, we feel that our primary purpose in that element to uh, train people, raise people, equip people, um, foster an environment where people love God is just to introduce them to him and display him to them and host him like it's like a blind date. So we host an encounter that you have with him. And so we do that through just worship encounters. And um, that's just huge for us is just to host his presence and introduce you guys to each other and then you'll love him. To know him is to love him, right? And so, um, love people. I, I'm going through this really quick because we're, we've got specific vision we want to give you today, and we don't need to spend a lot of time rehashing the same three things because if you don't want to know those three things even more, then we have a thing called next steps that you can go through, and you can learn even more about these core tenets of our vision, okay? So, love people. Um, we try to facilitate this through life groups, which are small groups where you can connect with other believers in this body and have fellowship, kononia, and, uh, and also loving people outside of this body. And we do that through reach teams where we um, just do all kinds of ministry outside of this body. And we're going to talk some more about that over the next two Sundays. And then Live Truth, obviously, we believe in truth, want to know truth, um, and want to live truth. There's a big difference in knowing truth and living truth. Um, know truth, build the house on the sand. Even though you know the truth, then the house still falls. Know the truth, apply the truth, build the house on the truth, then the, tr this, the house stands. So knowing the truth is not enough. Teaching the truth is not enough living the truth. So we want to challenge you, dare you, uh, compel you to live truth, facilitate it, do everything we can to make it uh, doable for you to live truth. We, wanna, we want to help you with the knowledge, the revelation, and the opportunities to live truth 
and apply it into your home, your marriage, your families, your workplace, everything. And so that is a, a shotgun blast of our vision, love God, love people, live truth. We seek to facilitate that in all that we do should be um, representative of these core tenets. Now, I want to um, bring some specific things to us today um, that we have uh, walked through in the last couple of months, and we took the staff to a leadership conference in California back in November. Jahan and I have been to this leadership conference before, and we just felt so impressed, and the Lord just provided, and there was provision, and there was passion, and there was direction, and those are all good things, okay, when you have all those things together. That's really good, because I've had passion, and I've not had provision, okay, and so um, that's a frustrating place to be sometimes, where you've got a lot of passion, a little provision, but we had passion, provision, and um, direction, and so we took the entire staff to uh, 14 people. We went to California. We went to a leadership um, conference. And then after the leadership conference, we spent a day um, trying to process what happened at the leadership conference. And I know the leaders. It's at, it's at Bethel Church in Redding, California. No, not personally. I know the teaching. And I have been greatly blessed and increase has come to my life through much of the teaching from that house, from leaders from that house. And so the last leadership we went, retreat we went to, they were a part of the ministry and there were some outside voices that were a great blessing to us. We go this time not knowing what is going to be happening, but there's this man named Ed Silvoso from Argentina, 80-year-old Argentinian that spoke broken English pretty well, very endearing, his, his, um, his little phrases that we loved, and certain emphasis on words just made it even more special. But this teaching that we didn't know what it was going to be, we didn't know what we needed, but we found out what we needed and what was provided. And this man um, is a gift to the body, He's an apostle, and he and he did the crutch of this teaching throughout this conference about the church becoming the ecclesia, the church becoming the ecclesia. And um, as we went through this, we were so convicted, and um, Jahan and I sat through one session specifically just about... Um, apostolic mandates, and we wept, and we repented, and we repented to the staff, and uh, so I want to just invite you on this journey and let you know where we are today as, as a very specific assignment. Next Sunday, I'm going to present to you more about this concept, this idea of the ecclesia and how we are going to become that, be a part of that, and see that happen and change a city, change a nation, and change the nations of the world. Amen? And so we want to be a part of that. So as we are repenting and reaffirming our commitment to be an apostolic movement, not just a congregation of believers. Um, some clarity came to me. And I, I want to just, when Jahan and I planted Redemption Life Church 11 years ago, we had both been on staff at churches. We had done much of the maintenance roles of church. And we were great churches doing great things. Just staff don't always get to do all that. We do all the other stuff, you know, a lot of times. And so we were heavily involved in the I'm so tired of this thing making all this noise in the um, all the maintenance roles of the church and so when we planted the church we just had this fresh vision we want to you know plant a church that um, is 
just impacts a city. And we made this statement, like we're going to impact a city, change a city, and while we're doing that, we're going to meet some awesome people. And we're going to partner with some awesome people. And before you know it, we're going to have to have a place where we meet with those awesome people as a byproduct of being the ecclesia, the church. That wasn't, we didn't say ecclesia. But by being uh, an apostolic movement that's attempting to impact a city and a nation, we're going to find ourselves partnered, surrounding, and family uh, with people, and it's going to become a church. So much so that the first year that we were planting a church, much of my topics and much of my sermons were devaluing the church because we didn't care about a church. We wanted to do stuff to change a city. And people that did church were simple-minded and limited, and they did not have a bigger vision than just the church. And all kinds of ideas about, um, you know, we want a church so that we can be affirmed. We've got people. We've got, and some of these things are true, that we have leaders that just want a bunch of people in a building so that they can be filled up with, look at all the people. And I can do all the things, and I can check that off. And it can be so um, codependent. You guys just want some stuff from a leader that makes you feel good, and the leader just wants you to come so he can feel good, so we're each trying to make each other feel good. And we don't accomplish anything for the kingdom, and we're just so focused on each other, and we've got this a really broken relationship. So I just found myself, I didn't realize this till probably a year in, I'm like, wonder why the church isn't growing as I preach every week about how unimportant coming together as a church is. We don't, you know, and the church is corrupt, and the church is this, and the church is this, and the church is gross. wonder why people aren't coming to the church, you know? And so I say all that to say, over this time, Jahan and I have fallen in love with the church. We've fallen in love with the church, and... Um, I can't imagine doing anything in the city without the church. I can't imagine doing anything in the nation without the church. I, I, I have no um, personal ambition of what I'm going to accomplish. I just have thoughts about what we're going to accomplish, and I don't want to do it without you. I don't even want to go by myself to other countries unless you're sending me to other countries, and I know the whole time that I'm there, it's because you guys want me there. And it's just like, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, and so here we are now. We love this church, and um, but are we still an apostolic movement? And so we've realized, like, it's two parts. And we're an apostolic movement that comes together as a church to fulfill that mandate. It's like two parts. What we do here is part of it, and what we do together is part of it. And you can't abandon one for the other. Either. We can't abandon this body because we can try to go out and do something bigger in some of the nation. And we can't go and abandon the nation just so that we can sit here and feel good about each other. Five years ago, um, my dad, who pastored this church for about 38 years, passed away. My mom is with us. Praise God. We're so thankful that she is with us and uh, faithfully is here and supports and works at our school and loves on our babies. And uh, we're so thankful how she has um, embraced us as a family, as a body, as everything as we've come together. So they asked us to come together with this church, Redemption Life Church. This was Power Church of God. 
This is a, you know, Church of God. It's a denominational church. Our church was not a denominational church. And so we said, yes, we'll come together. So this building belongs to the Church of God. This fellowship is in partnership with the Church of God at this point because we uh, said yes. And they gave me a letter that said, you are the senior pastor of Redemption Life Church. I'd never had an entity or, or an organization give me a letter and say, you're the pastor of this body. And I'm not saying they made me do it. And I'm not saying the fact that we went from a coffee shop where as much ministry happened Monday through Saturday in that coffee shop as it did on Sunday, and it was very organic. I'm not saying the fact that we have a building made me do it. And I'm not saying because they gave me a piece of paper, piece of paper made me do it. Nothing made me do it, but somehow all of these things caused us to align ourselves with a model that is not conducive for an apostolic movement. Where we became so um, focused on a congregation that we became apathetic to the nation, to the city, to the world. I want to show you just a little bit real quick um, some teaching that we received um, from Ed Savoso. Can you guys put the um, quotes first? The quote, okay, this is where I just began crying and sobbing out loud in this session. The truth of the matter is that the organized church is not built on the foundation of the apostle because the ultimate goal is not to transform a nation. It is to build a congregation. Go to the next one. So valid, is it valid to build a congregation? Absolutely, but it's not apostolic. It's not what the church was built on. It's not what Jesus intended. It's not the transformation that he wanted to take place. Proof of this is you can take a mega church and you can throw a rock from that church and find as much dysfunction and brokenness in the culture as if it was two hours away. And so sometimes our big congregations are not affecting the city around us. And so we don't want to just have a congregation. We want to affect the city. We want to affect the nation. Um, go to that next, whatever's next. Okay. Oh, I didn't even tell this in the first one, but I'll say it real quick. If what you're doing is taxing you, eating up your time, leaving with you without energy, you're not doing it apostolically. Keep going. If there's stress, I'm doing something out of the will of God or out of timing or doing what somebody else should be doing. I think that's it for that. What about the models? I want to show real quick. Paradigms. Okay, so this is an apostolic model. There's heavenly vision, and we build an earthly foundation. On that earthly foundation, other people build. And then without daily control. Other people build without daily control. So an apostolic model is about building a foundation and equipping and empowering other people to build on it. And, you know, I've told our staff and I tell our students, I tell my children, I want my ceiling to become your floor. I want you to walk all over me. I want you to build on top. You know, our, our purpose should be to build a foundation and then others build on it. I thought about this. Well, let's go to the next one first. This is a non-apostolic leader. They get a heavenly vision and they're the pinnacle, they're the top, they're the point, and everybody gets in line, and they have to oversee everybody and make sure everything happens. And that's how most pastoral models look in congregations. Show the other one again. Notice that triangle. Uh, I'm sorry. You're right. Keep going. Yeah. Notice the triangle for... An apostolic leadership 
is inverted. It's not this kind of triangle, it's this kind of triangle. It's like you hear from heaven and you get under people and build a foundation. It's almost like you have to do, you know, if your foundation, you have to jack them up and then build it under them. So then they can do something on top of it. But so you empower and you equip and they build on it. I thought about this saying, this isn't from Ed Savoso, this is mine. You ever heard, if you build it, they will come? That's the past, most pastoral models. If you build it, they'll come. If you build it big enough, if you build it good enough, if you build it with enough stuff, if you build it with all the right um, um, things, the, the church growth models, then people will come. Build something that people will come to. And I feel that an apostolic model is build people so that they'll build it so that others can come. Build people so they'll build it so others will come. I mean, that should be our, our purpose and our mandate. So I say all this to say, um, it looks like a lot like fathering and mothering. Johan and I have nine children. And now we have an adopted son, so we have 10. And so it looks like mothering and fathering. And I, and I sat down one time with a, a leading pastor. He was one of the fastest growing churches in America. And Johan and I sat down with him and his wife. And we were excited to have a few moments to hear what amazing insight he would give us. And um, he asked us what our vision is. And we really, honestly, we kind of give this inverted model where we're really going to just build people up and we're going to send them and we're going to, uh, you know, raise up leaders and we're going to pour into people. And, and we just really feel like we're supposed to father and mother people and then become their floor, you know? And... This guy just looked at me and he said, you're never going to be a successful pastor. That was his advice. You're never going to be a successful pastor. And I was like, wow, that's hurtful. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was a little discouraging. And uh, at the time, it was pretty accurate <laughs> um, by what you could see. Uh, as far as you would try to gauge the success of a pastor, it was not, it didn't seem very successful. Um, but that season that didn't look very successful, I was fathering some people that are pretty powerful right now. So who's to say whether it was successful or not in that season? That nobody knew my name, but there were a few sons that I was raising up. And... <clears throat> And I look back on it now, and I'm like, maybe that was prophetic. He didn't even realize it. What he meant as evil, God meant for good. What he meant to discourage me, maybe, you know, titles aren't important if you're talking about on a business card and putting it before your name or making people call you that, but they're real important in your spirit. They're real important in knowing who you are and knowing who you're not. And so maybe he was just really defining things for me. And you're never going to be a successful pastor. Sweet, man. He was right. He's a prophet. Didn't know it. And, uh, and I hope at the end of the days, maybe I won't be a successful pastor, um, but maybe I will have been successful in transforming a nation. Nations of the world. Knows. And still not be a successful pastor. That'd be cool. I'd rather not trade that out for that. So I say all that to say, as jumbled as it's been, see, I'm trying to do it faster. So that usually sometimes makes it worse. Um, so we're at this conference and we are just burning. I mean, we're like, you're gonna see, you're gonna, you're gonna get this, you're gonna catch this because. We're going to give you an opportunity this semester. Uh, our Wednesday nights, we're going to invite as many of you as will. I mean, not like 
casual Bible study, if you got a minute on Wednesdays, I mean, we're going to invite you to covenant with us to become the ecclesia. And we're going to walk through this study, and uh, it's going to change your life. And so we've already got the books ordered. Next week, you'll have the opportunity to kind of get plugged in. Of course, you can jump in at any time, but, but we're really going to challenge some folks. We're going to try to find some Priscilla and Aquilas that want to uh, run alongside and change the city. And so we want to find who you are and what's in you, and we want to equip and empower you to be the ecclesia. And so we're going we're gonna to do that together. So that's coming. But as we're sitting here, we're so passionate, you know, and it's like, um, we're going we're gonna to change the world. We're going to do this. This is going to be amazing. We're going to, you know, there's story after story, and these people are doing this awesome stuff. I mean, just mind-blowing. You're going to see. You're going you're gonna to hear about it. You're going to read about it. And we're like, we want to do that. We want to do that. We want to do that. What we kind of maybe didn't think about in the moment because it was so exciting that before we left to go there, all of us were tired. And, and, and all of us were busy thinking and talking about the reality that we are too busy and too tired. And we can't do anything else. Even with the limited vision that we had, that we had relegated ourselves to, just maintaining the congregation. We were tired. We couldn't, we, we weren't accomplishing it. You know, we weren't getting, we were, we were frustrated with what we were doing with our limited level of expectation. Now we're raising our expectation. Unless we grow another arm, how is that going to happen? You know? And so we're challenged to look outward, bigger, outside of here, outside of just us. And I really felt the Lord instructed me to come home, circle the wagons, and focus all of our energy on the congregation. What? That's backwards. That's backwards. Well, has anybody, everybody ever seen this? Put the defrag. Anybody have a PC? You still, is anybody still PC? Cool, less than the 11 o'clock service. That shows you the difference in the crowd. <laughs> See, less than 11 o'clock service. Uh, I, this is for both of you. because There's just such animosity with PC and Mac, so I'm going to give both of you something, okay? <laughs> so for all you Mac people, um, this is how you, what you get to say to the PC people. You guys that have PCs, you are familiar with this. Us that have Macs, we're not because our computer's smarter and it does it for us, so we don't have to go in and do this. Those of you that have PCs and you want to be defended, I'm saying to the Mac people, the PC people are smarter, so they know how to do it themselves. They don't need a computer to manage their files. All right, there. So now both of you have got each other. That's good. (laughs) But the reality is, uh, PCs, you had to defrag them ever so often. What would happen is they would, um, I, I said it like this, if you had an outfit, ladies, men don't coordinate as much. Uh, my son did tell me he coordinated his shoes with his shirt, so maybe this is fine. We can go men and women or women. But men don't normally accessorize as much as the ladies do. So if you have an outfit that you've heavily accessorized down to your lipstick, down to your eye stuff, whatever that is, <laughs> and your socks and your shoes and your whatever. And, uh, and it's, there's 15 parts to this outfit, okay? And you buy them all and you've got them all and it's great and you wear it the first time and then if you have a few kids at your house, you might, this might happen to you. And even if you don't, it may happen to you. And on your way home, you take the earrings off. You put them here. You're on doing something else. And all 15 things get placed somewhere. And then somebody borrows one of them, and they get placed somewhere else. So the picture is you've got 15 elements to this outfit, 
and all 15 pieces, you know, are in five different closets, four different corners, behind two different wash machines. You know what I mean? Like, this, some's in the car. And, and so all the parts to this file that you need are now spread out everywhere, and there's this space between them. And when I used to have a PC, I would be like, I couldn't even, like, make a Word document. My computer would be so overworked, worked, worked. And uh, I would be discouraged. And then you go in and it says, if you defrag, you'll have this much space. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought I was going to throw this computer away. And I defrag it. And now I've got more than half of the space available. That's so cool. Who knew that it's like consolidating, putting everything back where it goes so it's nice. So the whole point is you go to get ready and all those pieces to that entourage, whatever that is, are everywhere, and it takes you three hours to get ready. Or you never find the earrings, and you, it just, you get just a spinny wheel. Or that's, that's Mac, right? <laughs> and anyways, but if you put them all together, you can access them. So your computer's like trying to go get all the parts to the fragmented files, and you've got to put them back together. Here, if, that's, if that didn't make sense to anybody, this should make sense to everybody. Who knows who's familiar with this? This is Tetris, okay? Same concept. These blocks are coming down, and as you fill them where there's no void spaces, it compresses them and gives you more headroom. When there's less wasted spaces, you have more headroom. It makes things disappear. It makes things consolidate. It all of a sudden opens up more space. And so the reason we come back focused on this congregation and our responsibilities to this church family is because we can't do it without this church family. And this is such a, and even that statement, can't do it without this church family, it's like sometimes the, the people that sit in a pew are like a commodity. Like they're like a means to an end. Like, this is the end. Us together changing the world is the end. But you can't separate being together from changing the world. It's all holistic part of the heart of God that we come together and change the world. It's not, you know, we have to so we can or we get, you know what I'm saying? It's all part of his heart. It's all part of the plan. And so... To consult, so we come back, we want more headroom. We want more headroom. We feel like what God is downloading to us already before we go, what we feel like he's directing us to is overrunning us already. You know, Tetris, when it goes out the top, you lose. And so... We need to consolidate, fill the voids, fill the gaps so that it will compress and we can receive more. We can accomplish more. And so we believe, and that's, real, that's one of the reasons we do the uh, Vision Sunday month two times a year for that same reason, to reevaluate our staff once a year. They give us a fresh yes, and sometimes the new yes doesn't contain things that they said yes to the year before. Maybe they added some things throughout that year that came up that they had a yes to, and now something they used to say yes to doesn't fit. And so we have to reevaluate because we want everybody functioning inside their yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and so we do that. And so we want to... We believe that we can do what we were doing better with more headroom. Not just we can do more if we delegate. We've outlawed the word delegate. We don't delegate anything. Delegation means I don't have time to do it, so I try to get somebody else to do it. Or I don't want to do it, so I make somebody else do it. And we end up just, nobody does it usually when it's delegated. But if really the heart of God is everything he gives us to do, part of the assignment is doing it together. 
That's, what, that's, that's the unique expression of the ecclesia, the church. And so who do we equip and empower to do that? Who do we hand the food to after we bless it so they get to be the ones that hand it to the 5,000? Like who gets to be a part of that expression? Jesus did not delegate to the disciples to hand out food. He didn't need help handing out food. He didn't even need the five loaves and two fish. He could have said immediately, everybody's stomach filled. But he used the little boy. He let them, he, he, he equipped and empowered him to come into the story. He equipped and empowered his disciples to come into the story. And, and because you know what? They are going to build it. So he focused on building them so that they could build it. And so that's what he did. He didn't just feed people. He built, he built people to feed people. He didn't just accomplish things. He empowered people to accomplish things. And that's the joy of it. And so we want to do that. So in, in an effort to consolidate, we have been uh, meeting as staff since we got home and coming into this new year. How can we... Um, facilitate, care for, and love this family better and do it where it leaves us more headroom to change a city. And so I'm going to just real quick, logistically, um, invite the staff. We're going to let you know who they are and what they're doing. And so we have consolidated many things to, I believe their functionality will increase greatly. I'm giving them room to step. So, this is Jahan. Jahan. Uh, we're getting that every time. Check, 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 check. Did I have to light up? You about to say something? I am just looking. I invited you to come up here with me. I know. Um, this is uh, what's good for the head is good for the body. How do you remember us saying that, teaching that? Uh, there's an invitation this morning for us as individuals, as couples, and as families to debrief. So it started in the house of the Lord. Let judgment begin in the house of the Lord. Judgment is deciding what's good and what's bad. And so there's some things God's inviting you into this year. And I feel redundant because we talked about the old flame. So I think the Lord's just trying to say it a different way for those of you that dismiss the word. You need to defrag. There's some things you need to stop doing. It's consuming your energy. It's consuming your time. And you're not alive. You're not fulfilled. You're not passionate about it. You're just doing it because it's on a list. Give it to someone else who's going to be passionate about it. Don't, I'm not, don't delegate it. Empower and equip them. I believe if we'll defrag, God's going to use the month of January to defrag you mentally so you can connect with your spouse, you can connect with your kids, you can say no to some stuff so that you can pour into what is going to bring life fulfillment to you as couples, as families, as homes, so that as we present this kingdom mandate, you're not going, I have absolutely no time to do, and we're going to lay down some stuff, and you're going to, you're actually going to feel lighter than you felt in years. I would say that that's probably the testimony of at least us. And I hope our staff is we feel lighter than we felt in a long time because we've assessed, we've evaluated. This, this is pointless. It was good for the time and the season it was in, but it, it doesn't, it's not effective anymore, or I need to hand that to somebody else. Does that make sense? I just felt that prophetically like that we just couldn't skip over that. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, what I'm about to present to you, what we've done with our staff is... Everyone has hope. Everyone has passion. Everyone believes they can accomplish everything they're saying yes to. 
and everyone believes they have headroom to dream about anything else the Lord would give them to run with. That's important. Very important. And so I think that's the invitation because next week we're going to present you with some things and uh, throughout the year we're going to present you. But like I really think that we are on the timetable of heaven with, with, with what he's walking us through and what he's inviting us to. And I would just say like we need the body of Christ to bring their headspace. Like we need, let's make it and then let's bring it. Let's consolidate and let's bring the headspace so that when we come in here, we've, we, we're, we're ready. We've got space to fill. We've got, we've got places for him to speak to. We can't live life maxed out in every, any area. We can't la- live life maxed out in our finances, living above our means so we hate it when he, he talks about giving. We need to, we need to make ourselves so that when we come to him, our Lord, then we're ready to make available our lives. And so we should live with headroom. We should not live at max capacity. We should be able to hear him speak. There should be space marked out. The boundary lines have fallen favorably for me. And within those boundary lines, there should be room to hear from him and that he can take and use and apply. We talk about it in our finances. I think it should be the same in our time. Is there time that's his? And we're not trying to turn this into some legalistic thing where you're going to earn favor today. I'm just saying it's an invitation, an invitation to have the greatest year you've ever had since you've been on this earth. And that's a year that is consecrated to the Lord and like it's defragged. The tyranny of the urgent, man, we'll just waste all our time and go to bed and get up and do it, waste all our time again. And there's no room in there to dream. There's no room in there to, for him to plug in something that's going to give you life that you can't even imagine. Just if you will, just put your hand on your head right now. Father, we just ask right now for the grace of God. Highlight to us. Show us what needs to be gotten rid of, what needs to be compacted, what needs to be empowered to handle off. We just give you permission as a people, as families, as couples, so that it's, it's not about a yes to mark on your home. This is a yes to you and your kingdom mandate. To be a part of your kingdom will. Mm. Be that, Lord. And also, I heard this. Some of you are underneath leadership, your positions in your workplace, and you're frustrated in your current workspace, or you are the leader. There's both that need to know. Those of you underneath the leader, God's going to turn the heart of your leader, leader and give you room. He's going to do it by an act of his divine grace and favor on your life. If you'll do things his way, if you'll honor and you'll trust, God's going to give you favor so that you have permission to be dragged in that space. And those of you that are a leader in your workspace, when you feel pressure, it's the foot of the Lord on your neck saying, I need to deal with you. I need you to be a kingdom leader and a kingdom boss. And I need you to shepherd well the people that are under your care. So God's going to start with you so that the people in this room, you're you're leading healthy businesses. You're You're in charge of a healthy department. Your department's thriving in the hospital. Your department's thriving in the financial area. Because God's got a healthy head in that space. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. We took four or five, six by ten foot trailers full of junk to the dump in the last month at my house. We took how many van loads? I'm talking about 12 passenger vans, probably five loads to community chest. We doubled their inventory down there. I spent two days, kid you not, two days sorting tools. And you know what I've done since I did? A bunch of stuff that I didn't have the tools for. Every screw is in a compartment 
unlike any other screw. And I've done so many jobs, and I'll say, hey, go get me those screws just like this, that I would have had to go gone to the store, squandered money, squandered time, lost effectiveness. And I just heard this. If you'll press down and shake it together, he'll make it run over. We need to press down and shake together. Because it's already running over, and you don't, and it's not enough in there. But if you'll press down and shake it together, he'll make it run over. And so let's do that. And so in the spirit of that, we got to go quick now. John, this is our co-lead pastor and our yeah. worship and arts pastor. Padre is our pastor emeritus. What's a pastor emeritus? That's what Padre asked me when I asked him to be it, and I said, it's a pastor of honor. Yeah. Pastor of honor. Yeah, sure. Push that red button. Red button. Make it red. I know everyone can't speak, but I just want to tell you what we're doing down here. I heard more and more and more. Everybody said more in 2024. So I stayed silent because I wasn't hearing. So I haven't said anything, haven't posted anything, because everybody's saying more. And the tendency, like Jahan said, is you want to add. I'm going to add read my Bible. I'm going to add this. I'm going to add exercise. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do more. But I heard no more in 2020. No more. I'm not going to waste time doing that. No more. And before I ever entered this building this morning, when they were playing the drums, Drums were saying, come, come, come. Another song, the drums were saying, come. There's an invitation by the Holy Spirit for you to come. All you that are heavy laden, no more, and I'll give you rest. Your brokenness, I'll give you relief. Your sorrow, I'll give you joy. No more am I going to feel this way. No more am I going to think this way. No more am I going to act this way. No more am I going to spend time doing that this year in the getty bitty. No more am I going to be here anymore. Here I am. Just as I am. Yes. No more being frustrated and he'll give you favor in the very area that's frustrated you for the last two years. I've heard no more and I called a few people and I said contrary to what other people hear, I'm not hearing no more in 2020. Well, I allow that attitude to regulate my thinking and my action. No more will I allow those feelings to run the show. No, yes. Not this year. No yes. More. And if you'll hear that this year, what pastor's saying to you, what it does, it makes room for all that he has, all that yeah. heaven has for you, all that heaven has for you. But you have to bring what they brought in the first service. Everyone and a couple of you in the back, and you might have done it before, all he needs for you to hear now. He'll do the rest. He'll get the bringing you your remnant. He'll give you the rest. He's doing all the rest. And there's people who agree right now. They're saying, no more. I'm not going to feel that way, think that way, act that way, do that way. And I'm not going to keep adding to my life. I'm going to subtract some things. Yeah. To make room for all that heaven has for me. Amen. That's Padre, Pastor Emeritus, <laughs> Paul and Chloe, Chica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Chloe are our, stu our student pastors. Paul's also our music director. Justine Atkinson. Pastor G, Jocelyn is our connections pastor, uh, from first-time guests to all the way getting you integrated and keeping you connected in life groups and all those things. She is glue, the glue pastor. She's connections pastor. Yeah. Tiffany Ayers yeah. is our pastor of education, yeah. pastor of education. Um, part of that is overseeing Redemption School of Worship. She's the director of Redemption School of Worship. 
and uh, also facilitates uh, adult education, lots of things around the corner here at Redemption Life Church, so just pastoring, education. Emily Wasman is the REACH pastor. She is uh, going to be um, looking for opportunities to equip and empower people to build things. And uh, she's going to be looking for that, not we're going to build it and please come to it. She's going to be looking for people to equip and to empower and to make provision so that they can build. Uh, Jennifer Bean. Jennifer Bean. She's an event coordinator and creative design in parentheses, print, creative design for print. Uh, Camilla, administrative assistant. Camilla Hefner, administrative assistant. Does a lot of the things that Jennifer used to do. Uh, we split that job in half as it continued to grow. The event coordination just continued to grow. And so uh, now Camilla does all of the numbers, data, all the things. And... Uh, so, Nisi Cox is communications director, creative design digital. Elias Cox, real quick, come on. Elias Cox, Isaac, be walking this way. Elias Cox, live production and audio. So, everything live, he oversees getting that production and audio. Isaac is our post production, post production and video. And so these, uh, like I said, titles aren't important unless they really help make, bring clarity to your purpose and your assignment. And I don't have time to get into assignments, calls, and identity, but it's not who they are, but it's what they're doing. And it defines more clearly what the expectations are for them and gives them headroom so that they can be ready to move and walk and dream with God and everything that he has for them. So thank you, staff. Let's hear them for them one more time. And every one of these staff members, we are reaffirming our covenant with you. And like I said, we are, a few weeks ago, we are your support staff. You are the ministers, you are uh, the people in the marketplace and we are your support staff. Let us help you, whatever you need and facilitate. And so we want to be that and do that. Uh, one of the greatest reasons I know we're going to have headspace is because of these next few people that I'm gonna mention to you and them stepping into a place that um, is gonna allow us to have uh, better care, better care, and uh, more headroom. And so we're going to do the job we were doing better, and we're going to do it where it takes less capacity from each person because these guys have just stepped up to spread the load of this. And so um, I'm just going to go ahead and call you guys up here, and I'll talk more when you get up here. Let's get that. Get y'all up here. Jeremy and Jennifer Bean. Josh and Tiffany Ayers. Matt and Camilla Hefner. John and Liz Smith. Bill and Jody Whitfield. Y'all come on up. Bill and Jody are our latest addition. This is our newest model right here. They are... Phenomenal, phenomenal. You scoot down just a little bit. There you go. Um, and so these are our elders. Um, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, Kenny Loveday um, was an elder. He served as an elder ever since we merged together, these churches, so for the last five years or so, and uh, met with him and just with his current um, health needs and issues, it makes it very difficult for him to take on the added things that we are launching into now. So we've made a deal that he's on sabbatical until God heals him. 
And uh, so then he'll be back. So these are your elders for now. Um, so they are going to, we're going to divide our body into elder oversights. So instead of me trying to facilitate pastoral care to 300 people, um, to put that in perspective, if we were going to try to just have one meal with you, I would have to eat with one of you every day almost. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. We need to be able to have connection, okay? And you need to um, have somebody who can give you more attention than that. In uh, Acts, we don't have time to go into it because we're so late, but like um, Paul put elders in place so that he could continue to function apostolically and go to the nations and, uh, and change nations. And so they appointed elders in every place to take care of pastoral care so that he could continue to be focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing, the mission, and people to make sure that we're doing it together, right? And so these are your elders Today, you will receive, uh, as you leave today, if you can stop by the, it used to be the coffee bar, but currently we're not serving coffee, and so it, we're going to call it the elders bar. It's where the elders drink out there. Um, we have meetings, we meet at the bar, and uh, so today it's the elders bar, and if you stop by there, um, and let me make a disclaimer, we don't take attendance when you come to church. Okay, and so there's only a handful of ways that we know you come here. Personal meetings, which the chances of me remembering every person's name that visits without any other way to connect is very unlikely. And so if you are a first-time guest, you've come in, if you filled out a, any type of information, like Emily always says, if they didn't get you at the door, we want to get you now. That always cracks me up when she says that. But if nobody ever got you, then we may not have your information or we may not know that you're here hiding out at different times. And, uh, or if you have not designated giving. Many people don't designate their giving. If you haven't designated giving, you may not be in the system. If you have not checked your kids in, you may not. If you have kids, you've checked them in. Those are just several ways that definitely we would know and we would say that you're a regular attender and if you've become a covenant partner we would know that and so all of the regular attenders and covenant partners have been assigned to an elder and so each one of these elders have about 50 people or less and so we feel that that's going to be amazing that they can uh, bring oversight and care to those 50 folks if you for any reason do not see your name Somehow, you're one of the ones that has been not a way that we can register and know to put you somewhere. And so there's an opportunity for you to make sure and get on that today so that we can put you somewhere. That would be awesome, okay? We really want everyone to be connected and have elder oversight. And so these are our elders. I've challenged them to be in every person of their oversight's home at least once this year. And so we want to be in your home. We want to meet your family. We want to pray over your home at least once this year. And so these elders are going to do that and, and facilitate care to you and relationship with you. And one more thing, we're going to have, we had it on the cards that you'll see today about your elders. There was another place for emergency contact. And right when we were finalizing that and making it where all the different people's phone numbers would be received that we ran into something undisclosed. There's a limit, and it will not work for us. So we had to throw those cards away, make new ones without that number. So next week, you'll get the number. But there's going to be a number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you have an emergency, you need, well, 911's a good number too, if it's that kind of an emergency. <laughs> but if you just need a pastor or an elder from this body and you've tried to reach your elder and unable to reach them or if it's late at night or whatever, then you can call this 
emergency number, and we're going to have a pastor and elder on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week to make sure we're available to everyone in this body. We want to be available to you. We want to serve you, help you. And so these are just some of the ways we're pressing it down and shaking it together and getting more headroom. And I believe we're going to have the best care and the best connection we've ever had in the history of this body. And we're going to have more headroom ready to go forward and embrace being the ecclesia together like never before. Amen? And so these are our elders. Thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, if you receive them, will you let them know if you receive the elders? Last thing I'll say before we go, next Sunday we're having one service, 9 a.m. After that 9 a.m. service, we are encouraging. Time's passed. You know, I'm like, let's don't do it because maybe everybody won't come. Look, whoever's going to come is going to come. That's all I can do. That's all I can say. We really would love for you to come. Because we are going to meet down at Lifehouse Campus, where Illuminate meets, where our offices are. We've got two food trucks. A variety, you know, one's going to be tacos. One's going to be hamburgers. So you can have Mexican food or American food. Trying to have you a little bit of variety. And so also, Lifehouse Coffee is going to open on that sun next Sunday afternoon. So you can get their food items, coffee items. But we're inviting everyone down immediately following the service. You guys remember sign-ups on Vision Month and all those things? Well, we want to do that down there like a block party. So we're going to have food trucks, and we'll have some places inside to eat. Unfortunately, some of us will probably still have to gather outside. I don't know. We'll see. But we can get most of you inside in some places to eat. But we're going to sign up for life groups. We're going to sign up for serve teams and XP teams and all the different names we have for them. We're going to sign up for those next week, and we're going to invite you into the Ecclesia study. We've got books available for you. We're going to present more about that next Sunday. We're going to have a time where you can meet with your elder, and they want to connect with their elder oversights. Just all kinds of family stuff on this Vision Month next Sunday. One service immediately following. We're all going to go down the hill and have a little party together and have lunch together. Love you. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. Press it down and shake it together to make room for more. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.